Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. On Saturday, uh, the Grizzlies... Playing at home against Idaho, 67-63. They win. Jared Samuelson, career high, 23 points in the win. Was outstanding, especially early in this game. Tell you what, man, he is proving to be a a, a real honest-to-goodness three-point threat. And that that is now officially the scout on Jared Samuelson, among other things. That that is such a difficult thing for defenses to try and deal with when the big, you know, the the big guy, the 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 forward, the post player is stepping out and not just attempting, but hitting multiple threes in a game. And uh, again, 23 points. Said Bridget again outstanding, 17.6 rebounds, two assists in this basketball game. So he was phenomenal as well. Uh, I know we got a bunch of sound from this game which we'll get into, but you were at the game, I was not there. I watched the game though in full and uh it was it was back and forth. There were some points where it looked like Montana might stretch this thing back out. They were never able to. And I'll tell you what, the Idaho Vandals, one and five in Big Sky Conference play. Their five losses, add them all up, grand total, 13 points, what they've lost by in five L's. I mean, that's unheard of. This four-point loss was their biggest defeat in terms of margin in the Big Sky Conference play. It's just completely uh, um, unbelievable. And I'll tell you what, they're going to be a team that's going to end up with not a very good record, very likely. And they're going to, you know, probably be in the in the you know the lower third of the seeds when it's all said and done. I think they are going to get some wins here through the second half of conference play, Certainly. the Idaho Vandals. But they're going to be a team that's going to show up, and I think they're going to win a game, and they could win too at the Big Sky Conference tournament because they are actually better than you think that they are. And not to say that you take them quote unquote lightly or whatever, but they're they're a really dangerous team that is so close to being. 
I mean, they could be five and one almost with the flip of a couple of coins. It's unreal. And yet, at some point, not being able to break through in those close games really does wear on a team. But give Montana credit, they have been much better the last month and certainly since conference later again at winning close basketball games, they won another one. I mean, in terms of, of Idaho, they got six junior college transfers and then three other transfers. So they got nine players that are new to the program, mm-hmm. or at least new to the rotation. I'm not actually sure if the Oregon State kid, the Jack Wilson kid, is the tr- he's a true seven-footer. He's probably the tallest guy in the league this year. I'm not sure if he was there last year and he sat out, or, I, I mean, he must have because he's playing right now. So uh, he's maybe not new to the team, the program, but he's new to the rotation, and the rest of the guys are all new to the program. And... uh so I mean, it's going to go one of two ways for Idaho. Either they're going to figure out a way to continue to get improve together and break through, and I agree with you, they're going to be a dangerous team. I mean, to me, of all the teams that I've seen in the Big Sky Conference, the, Travis DeCure said this after the game, and we'll share that sound later on in the week, because I'm going to do a little story on SkylineSportsMT.com as well, just about the landscape of the league right now. But the league, the top teams in the league are no, nowhere close to as good as they've been the last couple years. But the, it's not just the cliche that the bottom teams are better. The bottom teams are so new. Mm. So no one knows. There's no scout. Like that, Idaho has nine new players. Portland State had 11 new players. Right. Idaho State has, I think, 13 new players. That's all of them. So no one really knows. And then you also talk about Zach Klaus. Who's a, uh, he's not even a, the full-time. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a full-time head coach, but he hasn't had the interim tag or move to Idaho. I don't get that at all. I mean, they're 17 games into a year. Right. Even if you don't give the guy a long-term contract, like he's the head coach. How is he just the interim? That that in itself is crazy with Idaho. But there, I just think that there's a lot of of really a lot of new faces in the league. A bunch, a bunch of guys that are really trying to figure out this level. Uh, but I think that makes it so that it's a lot more um, inconsistent in the in the way that the results are going to play out. But consistent in the amount of close games. This game on Saturday in Missoula was a four-point contest. Like you said, the worst Idaho has lost this year in conference play, which in itself is amazing. But there have been 14 one-possession games in Big Sky Conference play so far this season. And there's been another six that have been decided by four points or less. And then there's been another four on top of that that have been decided by six points or less. So you're talking about basically two-possession games we've had 24 of the 36 conference games have been that there's only been nine results in conference play so far this year of 10 or more points. So that shows you just the way that it's all meshed together. But it, it just in turn- on, on that point though, quickly, uh, according to Ken Palm, who covers this stuff, 30 division one conferences in men's college basketball, the big sky, the, the lowest margin of victory or the, the highest number of close games, I guess, uh, by percentage of any conference in the country. The, the, you could call it the most hotly contested conference in the United States uh, when it comes to, to, to you know, margin of victory or lack thereof. And in terms of this specific game, Idaho plays really hard. Idaho has a, a pretty good hierarchy because they ha- they everybody on Idaho knows who their best player is. It's Trayvon Allen. And Trayvon right. Allen, Montana made him work. 23 points. He got going early. He made his first three shots. Then they made him work. And I think he missed five or even six in a row. Timmy Falls got into some foul trouble. Trayvon Allen scored uh, eight or nine of his points at the free throw line. Nine of 11. So um, that... That was one way to get it done. But Scott Blakeney is is a pretty decent post. I mean, he's an efficient guy. He can get you 10, 12, 14 points 
in pretty short order. You don't have to feed it to him all the time. He can do it on a, a few amount of shots. But the, the Vandals still run the same. It's not quite the pack line defense, but it has similar principles with the the high hard hedge on the ball screens up top and the way that they switch stuff. It's very similar to what they were doing with Don Berlin. I asked Travis after the game how similar, and he said it's the same defense. They just have some of their own tweaks. But the difference for Montana, and this is going to be a difference depending on matchup, is that no one in the league has a guy that you can play at the five that can run the high ball screen and then can pop and shoot a three. Besides Montana with Jared Samuelson. That's, That's right. what he got. He got eight completely clean looks. I mean, no no one, I mean, guys are closing out from in the middle of the key. They're taking yeah. three or four steps before they can get to him. He was that, five of nine ultimately in this game. And, and honestly, I mean, he was lighting it. He hit four of his first five. Yeah. But he had a couple heat check shots. But, I mean, he was just long on a couple too. I mean, he he was in the zone. He, he definitely could have even hit more. But this is the this is where this team to me this Montana team is different than the last couple years. The last couple years Montana had such great talent. Two years ago when Fabian Krizlovic was the only senior, they definitely had a defined hierarchy of leadership, but their rotations were never in complete harmony. When a guy wouldn't play minutes based on a matchup, you could tell there was some hard feelings. There was some unrest. Well, Jared Samuelson. Played 10 minutes against NAU and then played 30 minutes against SAC. He played 26 against Southern Utah, 13 against Eastern Washington, nine last time out against Portland State. He's hardly used in Montana's two big offensive explosions because they decided to go with Mac Anderson and Derek Carter Holger alongside each other, put side pitches to the point. But then it's his turn to get called upon because of the matchup. Well, he plays 32 minutes, he scores a career high 23 points. That's chemistry, that's yeah, teamwork, right. that's buying into your role, being ready to go. And Conversely, Mac Anderson didn't get the playing time this game as he had the last couple times. Well, he's still on the bench, waving the towel, doing the thing. And so I just, I just think that this, this Grizz team, even though they might not be top to bottom as individually talented, they seem to be buying into their roles a lot hmm. more than uh, even the last couple of years, even despite winning championships. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, you talked with uh, Jared Samuelson after the game and asked him about the obvious thing, having a career high in the hot shooting uh, that he displayed on Saturday. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, I just had confidence from the get. You know, my teammates have confidence in me. Have, you know, we have confidence in each other. And when, that, when that's falling, it, you know, goes in. Idaho always has run that, uh, the high hedge to catch up the ball. Did you know from the scout that you were going to get a lot of pick-and-pop stuff and have opportunities? Yeah, I mean, we uh, watched a lot of film, and I watched a lot of film personally, too, so I knew, you know, if I was open, you know, shoot that thing. So. When you're shooting like that in front, I mean, this was a season-high crowd, and everybody's going crazy. I mean, for a guy like you that grew up around this program, what's that like? Man, it makes me so happy. I mean, I'm just happy to be here where Montana across my chest have support from the Missoula community, the Montana community, you know. Best fan base in the country. And, um, it, it means a lot to me, you know. But you can't get too high, you can't get too low, can't let the crowd play into effects. But it's it's pretty awesome when you uh, when you hear them yelling and going crazy. You know, it's cool because we we talk a lot, Coulter, about how the Montana kids are the the drivers of, of the football program, but not and end of women's basketball also in the state of Montana. But not in men's basketball. Not anymore. Once was the case, but not it isn't as much anymore. That said, when you can find a guy who is a Montanan, who it does mean 
something more to to have that name on there, who's also a, a, a very good player. And, and whose father played here. That's I mean, right. Sean Lineage Samuelson, kid. Sure. I mean, Sean Samuelson's one of the top 20 scorers in program history. Right. Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you can you can hear it. I mean, he said it definitively, but you can also, it's not just lip service. I mean, that that, that uh, you know, means a lot to him to be able to do this in his final season and transferring back in. And that's, and that's big time. And I think that that is infectious for lack of a better word to to other guys of the team who aren't from here from to freshmen who are playing here and to see somebody who you know it, it this isn't just a d1 program that you settled on from you know whatever california arizona whatever it is this is this is something that matters very very much to the people who are you know involved in it and any kid that's playing for a team at division one college basketball you assume cares about the program, cares about the game and all that, but but we all understand, you know, we're just from wherever we're from, you know, and so to have a guy who is is bringing that sense to it uh, for Montana and Kendall Manuel as well in his own right, uh, uh, you know, having played elsewhere and returned to the state that he's from, uh, I think that I think that matters in a, in a certain non-quantifiable way. Well, there's no question, and I mean, you got to tread carefully a little bit here because, like you said, I mean, I think that this does mean a lot to a, lot, a great many guys, no matter For where sure. they're from. For sure. But if you're a Division One basketball recruit, even if you're just coming to a mid-major league like the Big Sky Conference, you were so good in high school, no and I think a lot of guys they get delusions of grandeur, and so when they're tearing it up at Montana, they think, "Well, I, this is what I'm supposed to be doing." I mean, I probably should have been in the Pac-12. I'm in the Big Sky. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. There's just a true authentic joy that Jared Samuelson mm. is playing mm. with right now. I mean, he after his he hit his third three in a row, he runs back on skipping defense, clapping, down, yeah, and he's smiling. skipping, he's yep. giving the three, and yep. and uh, you can just tell he's he's really really enjoying himself. And it's really cool too that he left the program and came back. And it, it's an unorthodox story, and I think that he's making the most of it. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. 2 tell the one is 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, Coulter, the, the, the one thing to me that was definitive in this game was turnovers, but specifically for Montana steals. Idaho had 17 turnovers in this game. It's not, it's probably more than you want, but it's not an insane amount of turnovers. But 10 of those were steals by the University of Montana, which is a huge, huge number. I mean, the, the number of times that they were able to get their hands on the ball, whether it was just 
pick in the pocket of a of you know a ball handler taking a steal coming up the floor. It was it was remarkable really to watch the defensive activity that the Grizzlies played with. I thought it was really impressive. They're playing with a lot of confidence right now. You asked Saeed Pridget about that confidence specifically after the game. Here's what he had to say. We're very confident right now. We got we got some good wins under our belt. Just winning in general, building momentum for game by game. Just not overlooking anyone, and just knowing that we have to treat everyone the same. You guys are a young team, but you guys have been so good at closing out games. Why? How have you guys been able to play so well down the stretch? Honestly, we kind of like do some game situation stuff at practice. We've been honestly working on our free throws a lot because you know, a lot of the game time when the games are close, the free throws are big for us. So we just do a lot of stuff with free throws at the end of practice and just want more fatigue to get ready for games. You also asked Travis DeCure Coulter about closing out games in general and specifically Idaho on Saturday. Going into the game, I think all their losses uh, a total of nine points. Mm-hmm. And each of those games, you can watch down the stretch, about two-minute mark, they're in it. And some of them, they've had leads. And so, you know, young and experienced, you know, they've got some older guys that transfers and whatnot, but they're young to the league, to the level. And I, I just think inexperience has kind of bit them a little bit. And, you know, at some point, I think they'll figure out how to start winning these games, and we, we got to make sure we play better next time soon. Golter set this up for people, too, because Derek Carter Hollinger had a, a huge defensive. In fact, there was a huge series where Saeed Pritchett got a steal, was fouled on a layup, went to the line, made the first one, missed the second one, but Carter Hollinger got the offensive rebound, put it back up, but he also had a big block uh, on a defensive play that really helped seal this up for the Grizzlies. It's funny because I asked Saeed Pritchett about them closing out games. They have been good closing out games. They were actually really bad at closing out this game, mm-hmm. except for then they responded every time. Timmy Falls, Saeed Pridget, and maybe maybe Saeed twice, actually. They, they, they committed three turnovers in the last two and a half minutes of the game. They were all not good turnovers. But then they got subsequent stops on the other end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Derek Carter-Hollinger, I mean, th- there was a play where... Uh, <laughs> There was a series where Josh Vasquez this picked Trayvon Allen's pocket clean. Trayvon Allen chased him down on the other end, blocked the shot, but then come down on this end, Trayvon Allen takes a pull-up jumper. Derek Hall- Carter Hollinger gets a grown man rebound, skies up and goes up against three dudes and gets the rebound off the missed shot, and then Montana converts. That was kind of the back and forth of this whole game. But the specific sequence here is less than a minute to go, and Carter Hollinger uh, had a huge block that, that – after a side project turnover that really sparked Montana and didn't let Idaho close that gap. And then it led to the the very, to me, penultimate, and or I guess the, the final most important possession of the game. Montana had the ball, uh, and they were up two. And every single guy on the team touched the ball at least once, and a couple of them touched it twice. And they wound the shot clock all the way down, and then one extra pass to Jared Samuelson flashing in the lane. He hit a little six to eight foot jumper and that put the that pressed the lead to four and it basically sealed the action and I just thought it was just indicative of the way that this Montana team's playing as a team. But Derek Carter Hollinger, you know, a lot of times it's not just about the points. I mean he has had a couple games where he's been in the teens and even that game against Eastern Washington where he's in the twenties. But the kid's an outstanding shot blocker. He's got the best shot blocking instincts of any young guy I've seen in quite some time. He's an outstanding rebounder. And they are giving him a role that he can handle. Basically, his role when he's in the game is just go get the ball. Yeah. And I, he's doing a great job of doing exactly that. That's what he said about that block. Huge. And, and you know, he, 
when I checked him back in, he knew his job was to go get the ball, whether that's a block shot or a rebound, which he did both. Um, Kyle goes in and knocks down free throws down the stretch. And I think we've got some guys that are assuming roles, uh, maybe not the most the most glorifying roles, but they're assuming roles, and that's what's making us a good team right now. So, and what I said, he, sorry, I should have clarified, Travis, the cure head coach, what he said about Derek Carter Hollinger uh, and uh, and and his role and also that that particular play. Anyhow, the uh, Grizzlies, they moved to six and one a in a league where there's not really many surprises in terms of results, still a somewhat unexpected one. And that is Northern Colorado losing uh, to Northern Arizona. That's right. Northern Arizona swept this last weekend. So wins over Southern Utah and Northern Colorado, which are both four-win Big Sky team, so those are good wins by NAU. Getting Bernie Andre back big for NAU. So, Northern Colorado was uh, they're the only team that's beaten Montana this season, and they were in second place by themselves with just one loss to four and one. Uh, half game behind the Grizzlies with that loss, though, and Montana's win. They're now four and two, and Montana is a game and a half ahead. They've played one more game now because they had that early uh, scheduling run where they played in four and eight, uh, but they are now six and one, and there are three teams tied at uh, four and two in second place. The Montana State Bobcats, they fell uh, at home to Eastern Washington, seventy-one fifty-eight. The final of that game, Montana State uh, was in good shape in this game for the first three quarters of it or so. Coulter, but Eastern Washington put on a blast and really separated this thing out down the stretch. I mean. Talk about not playing well and closing out games. I mean, Montana State, they pulled out all the stops. They went with a 1-3-1 zone, which is the first time they've done that for an extended period of time under Danny Sprinkle, and they played great defense. And Eastern Washington, we know their scoring exploits. We know that their numbers are a little bit inflated from having, you know, rung and ran up, up the score in a couple non-Division one schools. Yeah. But make no mistake, they got as many threats as anybody in the league. I mean, they got the best post in the league in Mason Peatling. They got one of the best slasher wingmen in the league in Kim Aiken. They got a couple great shooters, including Jacob Davidson, who scored 26 points in this game. They got spot-up guys like Jack Perry, and they got a guy in Ellis Magnuson who's a true freshman who's really doing a great job distributing. They got a lot of weapons. Montana State had this game. They were playing their style. I shouldn't say their style because they haven't really defined themselves as that, but they were dictating the tempo of this game, and Eastern Washington was frustrated. Kim Aiken was really struggling, and the Cats were doing a good job hanging in there. But they turned the ball over six times in the last four minutes, and they, the gap just extended. And then it became a, just a horrendous game to watch because they spent the last two and a half minutes fouling to right. try to keep in it. Right. And it, it, it was it was just ugly. Danny Sprinkle, I mean, he, he said just as much, we didn't deserve to win this game. Here's what he said after the game. I thought our offense killed us, you know, because I think we had the lead. I think we were up 40 to 36 and with about 15 minutes left. And I think we scored five or six points over the next 10 minutes. They scored 23. We had six turnovers, and I, I don't even know if they turned the ball over in that span. Um, and we had opportunities. We got some stops uh, where we could have pushed it to six, eight, nine points, and we had you know, some, some costly turnovers on the break, um, and we just got sloppy with it, and they, they made us pay. And they, they do what a, a good veteran team does, and you know, I mean, that's that's a lethal offensive team. And really, until we started fouling, we had them, you know, around the 60-point mark um, with about, you know, five minutes to go. And uh, so, I mean, our guys, you know, I thought our 1-3-1, you know, it helped us. It, it kept us in the game. And uh, it kind of sparked our energy a little bit. But, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be able to guard, you know, mano y mano. And, uh, you know, and they were just they – they were too much for us. Their pace and, you know – 
they just got good basketball players. You know, every single guy they got can dribble, pass, shoot, and they're they know where to get the ball. Uh, you know, they're just they're really well coached and they're smart, good basketball players. Jacob Davidson led the way for Eastern Washington, 26 points, went 4 of 13, got off 13 three-pointers in this basketball game. Uh, Harold Frey, though, his line often, you can look at that and kind of see what happened, you know, for Montana State, good, bad, or otherwise. He ended up with 19 points, which is fine, but it was on 6 of 18 shooting, so just 33% from the field and 2 of 7 from beyond the arc. He had five assists, but he also had five turnovers. And so to be even, basically, in your assist-to-turnover ratio if you're Harold Frey and be at a 33% clip from the field, it's just not good news for Montana State if that's if that's the line for him. And and so and it was, and, and that, that ends up being in a loss. And Coulter, for Montana State, I'm wondering what you think about the Bobcats here just in a, a, a quick 30 seconds because, you know, there was so much optimism about the way they were playing and this group and the, the, the flow that they've had together and the, the role players and so forth coming into this conference schedule and even as conference play began they were 2-0 and and, and kind of got rolling but they've taken a couple of losses and they lose two in a row now at home especially with a week off in between and they're three and four which is you know again in this conference everybody's pretty much everybody's just bunched up in the middle anyway uh but but montana state right now is probably going through the toughest stretch of their season at this very moment and where, what do they need to do to kind of come out of this thing and, and start uh, getting some W's put together? Well, it's just like in the NBA, there is a 20, 20 to 25 point per game score on even the absolute worst team in the league right. because of the amount of buckets that you're going to get. Montana State's just got to be more efficient. I mean, like you say, you look at the scoring lines, Harold Frey, 19 points. Okay, it's good. Uh, Amin Adamu, 16 points and 11 rebounds. Good. But those two guys combined to go 13 of 35 from the floor. Right. Two of nine from three. He's just not nearly efficient enough to, to, to make those numbers as impactful as they could have, you know, they would otherwise have been. Here's kind of what the, I mean, the Cats are going through right now. Everybody knows that everything goes through Harold Frey. So everybody in the league is going to be really, really physical with him. They're going to trap the ball screen. They're going to body him when he's coming off that high pick and roll. And anytime he doesn't have the ball, every time he's running off screens, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him, knock him down. Don't let him shoot threes. Make it, Even if he's going to get his points, make him get him at the free throw line. I think everybody's kind of figured out that Amin Adamu can, he can create his own shot. He's really athletic, but it doesn't necessarily mean he takes that many good shots. He can make bad shots, but right. he doesn't take a lot of good shots. Right. And so I think everybody's realizing, all right, you know, let's just guard this guy one-on-one, make him work for it, but he's... He, 16 points on 16 shots. You'll take that all day as a defensive player. And when those two guys are taking 34, 35 out of your 57 field goal attempts, that means you're not getting the ball to Jabril Bello. But even if you do, three guys are not going to beat you. What Montana State needs to do is they need to have other guys become some sort of a factor. And Layden Ricketts needs to be like a nine points per game guy, not a three points per game guy. Right. Other guys just, they can't just be irrelevant. You know, I mean, Borja Fernandez, the true freshman from Spain, he was over in this game. He had zero points. He, he, he doesn't need to average even double figures. He just needs to get a couple buckets. He yeah. needs to be a threat when he is on the floor because if you're just letting certain guys score it, because you know no one else is going to score at all, I think that's it's just a tenuous situation to be in, especially when your two guys are undersized guards that are. 
you know, trying to make it happen as volume scorers. So, I mean, to me, Montana State, they, they need to do a better job taking care of the ball. I mean, you, you were mentioning Idaho 17 turnovers. Montana State had 19 turnovers. They've been in games because they've been first or second in the league in turnovers per game. 19 turnovers for them, including 11 combined for your starting backcourt. That ain't going to get it no, done. You're, no. you're losing every time. But but as far as whether you do going forward, I mean, they just lost to who's considered one of the better teams in the league. For sure. So they just need to co- continue to fight. And when, like the game that they won at Idaho, after I saw Idaho live and in person, Montana State and Idaho are not that different. They both have premier guards, and they, I mean, that win is going to resonate. So. Right. Montana State just needs to continue to to fight and take care of the ball. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. they got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. We've uh, been continuing this Grizz Greats coaching tree podcast series highlighting the uh, head coaches from the University of Montana men's basketball team. By the way, tomorrow, tomorrow, Mike Montgomery. Um, maybe, I mean, I don't know if, I don't know if they're, you're ranking these guys, but uh, certainly of the coaches that we were able to speak to, which was all of the, all of the living coaches, uh, his, what, what his career has spanned, both in terms of time and the uh, levels at which he has coached, uh, maybe the most impressive of all, and also, frankly, very, very directly responsible for the coaching tree in having Montana guys who he's continued to uh, have on his staffs, both at Stanford, at Cal, including Travis DeCure, uh, well, uh, while they were there. So there's uh, uh, an awesome one for you tomorrow. We're looking forward to it. But... Within the scope of that, Coulter, the Grizzlies on Saturday, the 1,000th win in Dahlberg Arena. Of teams who have been playing in their current home venue, okay, this is not about, you know, we know that teams built new barns and stuff like that and long histories and all that, but of the teams that are still playing in the in the same, same stadiums that have housed their wins for an exceptionally long period of time over the last 60 years, Kansas, Duke, Oklahoma, Vanderbilt, and Wichita State are the only teams who have a higher winning percentage at home than the Montana Grizzlies. I mean, that's that's unbelievable, man. The Jayhawks, the Blue Devils, Oklahoma State, Vanderbilt, sort of a surprise in there, actually, to me, like almost a bit of an outlier, and then the exceptional Wichita State, whose home court advantage rivals any anyone anywhere in the country, and we know how good Wichita State has been. Uh, I think a couple Final Fours in their uh, recent history as well, but that's remarkable. I mean, in the last 60 years, to be sixth, basically, in your home winning percentage and to uh, to cross that 1,000 you know, home wins is pretty impressive. You asked Travis to care about that very thing after the game on Saturday. Here's what he had to say. 
you know, there's always an opportunity, right, and to be a part of a, a, a place that's especially as the University of Montana. Pretty much every time you touch the floor, you got an opportunity to play for something and, and reach maybe an accolade that the whole program uh, has been a part of more so than just us on the floor. So it's always good. Yeah, I mean, it, again, Travis DeCure, I think, is – He's a historian of the game and a historian of the University of Montana, and it matters to him the the lineage that is uh, there at the University of Montana, and that benchmark I think is just another one that you cross and and uh, gives an opportunity kind of for re- reflection and perspective. Dahlberg Arena, which was originally just called the Fieldhouse, yeah, opened in 1953. The very first game ever at Dahlberg Arena was a game that I I, I can't believe this is actually a real stat. Number one, Indiana, the reigning national champions, came to Missoula. To open the field house. To open the field house. They came from the other field house. (laughs) Assembly Hall, certainly. And they beat the Grizzlies 74-54. But fittingly, Montana's uh, first win ever at Dahlberg Arena was against a nationally ranked Idaho team. 17th in the country, the Vandals were then. And uh, the Grizz won that game 60-57. Wow. And then they get their thousandth home win some nearly 60 years, or I guess nearly 70 years later. Yeah, it's about 67 years. Um, against Idaho. Their win percentage at Dahlberg Arena specifically, this is their 1,000th home win, so they're 1,409 ever on their home court. That's 7-10 win percentage. But in Dahlberg Arena, they're winning almost 75% of their games. They've won 720 games against 248 losses. So that's where that stat comes from in terms of being up there with Kansas, Oklahoma State, Vanderbilt, Wichita State. There's 32 schools, period, that have as high a win percentage as 744 or higher all-time at home. Um, So, I mean, there's just been a ton of of rich history. And um, you were asking the other day, why do they call it the Adams Center? The Adams Center is actually named for uh, famed athletic director Harry Adams, who was track and field coach, assistant football coach, and a three-sport athlete. And uh, they named it after him in 1953. And then 1979, the court named for George Jiggs Dahlberg, who was Montana's basketball coach from 1937 to 42 and then 45 to 55. And he's still the all-time winningest coach in UM history. So there's been a, a lot of history that's taken place at Dahlberg Arena. The part that was crazy... Nick Halsey, Montana Sports Information, he put out a slideshow of pictures of yeah over the years. Montana still draws well, and there was a season-high crowd there on Saturday. I think 4,279 was the attendance. Last year, toward down the stretch, they were getting 5,500-plus good crowds. And when the mm-hmm. Cats are in town, it sells out. The capacity is 7,322. But before the remodel, that place used to hold almost 10,000 people. And so in doing this Grizz Grades podcast, going through all the old box scores, when it's big games, it's Idaho, Idaho State, Weaver State. You get 8,500 fans. I mean, every attendance number is 8,000 plus, which is amazing. I mean, this, the record is 9540, which is, I mean, that's thousands more than yeah. they go to the CAC game. So looking at those old pictures, it's crazy because it wasn't so packed in. Yeah, it was, it was it's wider, just right? Massively. I mean, there was just so many people there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that that's one of the things that really stands out about this Grizz Grits podcast is just those guys remembering what it was like playing at the zoo. Yeah. And they almost all cited the fact that the, that the student section was at, you know, half court along the sideline rather than behind the deal. And I, I think there's, you know, an open conversation about 
the the positives and negatives of that change. Uh, but certainly from an a, from a, from an environment standpoint within there, uh, to have the kids along the side, you know, is a, is a big deal because you know they got the energy. All right, to twenty somethings, man, they're the ones that are going to come in with all the uh, hooting and hollering to get that thing fired up. So uh, you know, it's 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 an interesting uh, you know deal. I understand you know why you do it, but uh, it was it was it was. You know, the zoo was a real thing, you know, back in the day. And it's at times it still is, uh, but not as consistent like as it once was. And I know that's something that drives to cure is work diligently toward to sort of reestablishing attendance and and not just numbers, but environment the way it is. And I mean, if you follow Travis secure on Twitter, OK, which you should, you got you got you got free tickets to a lot of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is buying tickets or providing tickets, however, you know, he's doing it on social medias regularly and i really applaud him for that i mean he is doing everything in his power and has since he's been at, at the university of montana to get people to go to the games to get people into uh, uh the arena and i think that's a good thing man and it, it, it again i mean we've talked about this a lot of times but the, the concerts sporting events the fans make it what it is right. you know it's it's that's the experience of it and the more that there are that are engaged in what's going on the better it's going to be regardless of 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 what the game actually is you know on the floor now Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do, so I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber-secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. 22 points at Washington State. Uh, also, by the way, the same game that, that uh, the uh, Cougars required Clay Thompson's jersey. So Clay, Clay Thompson retired. in the house, huh? Did you say re- required? No, retired. Okay, they yeah. retired KT's jersey. You said required. <laughs> That's what I heard too. So, we'll, we'll I thought you were making a joke. Hired his number. I thought you were making a joke about them requiring him to be there. You but know, if you if you follow local Twitter accounts, I think Clay Thompson was more than happy to be back in Pullman. He was loving it. Oh, loving it. And uh, and in the house for this thing, it's bad for David, man. When he's already got to correct us enough when we get actual proper names wrong. When we're not saying just English words correctly, <laughs> we got we got problems. Yes, retired his jersey. Uh, anyhow, uh, twenty two points for uh, Trey Stinkle puts him at twenty sixteen two thousand sixteen points uh, for his career. Again, sixteenth. 
player in Pac-12 history to do it. He's 19 points but behind Steve Johnson from tying uh, the old second for the all-time scoring at Oregon State. Gary Payton, currently the all-time leader uh, for Oregon State, 2172. So he's definitely got to look at it. I mean, he's only 100 and you know 160 points, not even behind Gary Payton, and you got another 10, 12 games, and then you know hopefully a postseason of some sort not to mention the the Pac-12 tournament however far you go so uh there's a real you know chance that he's averaging basically 20 points a game you would expect him actually to become uh you know the all-time leading scorer at Oregon State when it's all said and done very very impressive it's sort of interesting Coulter because when you project uh Trace Tickle out to the NBA he thought about going to the you know into the draft last year and I think he projected as a late first early second type of guy and he's been so uh so good in college and and I mean is is got Pac-12 player of the year type of uh uh season that he's having and yet as we know, being great at the college level, regardless of sport, doesn't always translate to the NBA. He's certainly going to get a look. He's certainly going to get a shot in the NBA. I'm wondering what you think about the skill set that he brings, because sometimes I think it's so hard, man. Sometimes you see guys and you're like, oh, man, that dude's going to be really good in the NBA. And then no. And other guys, you go, I just don't know if he's going to get it done. And all of a sudden, the next thing he shows up and he's just slaying. So I'm not saying that, you know, washing out or being great are the only two, you know, options. Maybe you're an outstanding six man. I don't know what the deal is, but it's this is a kid, you know, from the city of Missoula playing high school, Hellgate High School, and is now absolutely going to be drafted, presumably in the NBA draft. Who knows where, what kind of opportunity is out there in front of him, but an unbelievable career for a kid that, you know, you go, okay, wow, he is he, he, he's this type of player. He's an all-time Pac-12 conference type of basketball player. Yeah, I mean, th- first of all, 13 guaranteed games left for Oregon State, including the first round of the Pac-12 tournament, so 12 in the regular season and then uh, a one guaranteed tournament game. So uh, Trey Sinkle needs 156 points mm-hmm. to tie Gary Payton, so he'd have to average 12 points per game on the dot. So it's likely that Trey Tinkle will become the all-time leading scorer in the history of Oregon State basketball. That's pretty cool. The fact is that Trey Tinkle, he got that his second year at Oregon State, he played six games and then broke his wrist, mm-hmm. and he ended up getting a hardship. So he gets 121 points there which helps in the pursuit of this record, certainly. It's interesting, though, too, though, because as a freshman, he really didn't break into the starting rotation till the second half of the year. I mean, he, mm-hmm. I think that, that Wayne in his, you know, early on in his coaching career at Oregon State didn't want to have people questioning, well, why is, you know, why is your son playing, you know? And clearly, when he was on the floor, he proved that, the team needed him to be out there. I mean, he was one of their best players from very early on, but he got those, like you said, you call them extra games or whatever with the injury, but he also probably was sitting in some games that he would have been playing in on the other side of that. So I, did Gary Payton play 40 years of college basketball? So. Yes. Okay. David says yes. David, we got to figure out when you're on the air. We got to have like a red light or something that shows that this <laughs> is going out on the radio. I never know if you're speaking on the radio or just into my headset. <laughs> I do know when you're not speaking at all. This would be one of those moments. As far as what I think of Trace Tinkle's <laughs> NBA prospects, prospects, I think that... What do I always say about the NBA? 
more than anything in the NBA, you got to have two things. You got to be an NBA caliber athlete, almost like almost across the board. Mm-hmm. There's very few people. I mean, there's a couple. But Joe, Joe Kitts from the Nuggets is like the one anomaly, but he's seven feet tall, so he has an elite. He has elite size, mm-hmm. but or, or you have to have an elite skill. Trace Tinkle is really good at a lot of things, but I don't know if he does anything elite at an NBA level. If he mm-hmm. could become an elite shooter, I think he could have a long NBA career. Yeah, I think he's just you know, maybe a couple notches short of that. I, I do think me of Chandler Parsons. I do think that Davis and Chandler Parsons. That's actually a that's actually a decent comp. I think that Trace Tinkle is significantly more mentally stable than Chandler Parsons, so I think that gives him an advantage. But I do think that there's certain things that go into this as far as being able to navigate, because when basketball or when a sport becomes your job, how do you embrace that opportunity? How much better do you get? The fact that Wayne played professional basketball for more than a decade overseas, there's a there's more of a path. I mean, Trace knows what the structure is like. He's mm-hmm. going to have a lot of people that can give him a lot of good advice. That helps. I'm, I'm just... He could become like a Chandler Parsons, Ryan Anderson type guy if he could become an elite shooter. But that, I just think that's the next step. Yeah. And also, what sort of production can he... I mean, because he's been a very focal point of Oregon State since that second half of his freshman year where he's got the ball in his hands quite a bit. He's got the green light quite a bit. How does he react to... Because in the NBA, he's going to have to be like a, a reserve bench type guy initially. But, you know, for, for being a six eight six nine type of kid... He handles the He's ball six, really seven. well. Okay, six seven, really good ball handler and really good passer of He's the basketball. And I think those are two things that, at that size, that even still, even in this, you know, new heading to the NBA, a lot of college kids are not great at. I think that's something that gets developed, and so you know. That is something where I maybe he's ahead of the curve again. Is he is he NBA elite in either of those? Maybe not, but he I think is ahead of where some of his peers might be in terms of when you talk about the size and especially the amount that he's handled the ball because he has been uh, you know a de facto point guard at this time uh, at times for this Oregon State team. So uh, fun to track that, but congratulations certainly to him and to Wayne Tinkle. I mean it's 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 uh, to both of them their credit how successful he has been uh, over the course of his career and this will be fun to I'm glad he stayed, man. It's cool that he's you know thought about going to the NBA. You want to pursue the dream, but uh, it's cool to finish this thing off, get one more year, you know, kind of you know, do the father-son deal, but also you start to pass some of these pretty impressive benchmarks and become an all-timer at a place, which, you know, very few people can uh, can say that they've done. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 